Hello, and welcome to another week of Up and to the Right. We're so glad to have you with us. I'm Crystal Manu, and I am here with Pastor Rodney. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Crystal. Good. Good to see you again. Another week. Another week, and I'm looking forward to this week's episode. I think it's going to be a great one. I think every week I say, this is probably my favorite episode, but this one is definitely going to be a good one. I'm I'm looking forward to this discussion. So we're coming off of a wonderful weekend here at North. Specifically, we had 35 new North cards turned in this weekend. When I heard those numbers this morning, I was blown away uh, because it's just been a trend lately. Yeah. And 35 new North cards. Mm -hmm. Now, a few of those can be singles, Mm -hmm. but most of them represent families. So by the numbers, that is going to be over 100 people First time first at North time. Church mm-hmm. this past weekend, and we had that the previous weekend, and then of course Easter weekend, yeah. we just blew it away with like 85 yeah. um, first time cards, which represent hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. So that is just exciting. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see that people are just being drawn of the Spirit, and that they are showing interest that I want to be. Yeah, I want to know more about uh, North Church yeah. and. And of course, we've seen all the baptisms this past week, too, which is awesome. incredible. Yeah, it it was a, a really good time to see not only the people who are coming back to church, people who have been a part of the North family for a while and just now coming back after the pandemic has kind of settled down a little bit, but seeing new faces. I mean, yes. every single experience we're out in the lobby and we are meeting new people. So it's such a blessing to know that people want to be a part of the local church, specifically North Church. So that is it's heartwarming. Absolutely. I'm all, it, it, it is thrilling. It is mm-hmm. thrilling to see the new faces and the life change that's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what it's about. Yeah. Growing the kingdom of God one person at a time. One at a time. That's good. That's the way to do it. Well, I mean, you preached uh, an amazing message. We're in the series right now, Jesus Says. And you you preached a word that brought the house down. It was It was powerful. It was convicting. It was... It was a blessing to me. So uh, we'll be talking about that in today's episode. So Yeah. So one of the things that uh, was brought up a few times was the opening statement that I made about uh, John chapter 8. Yeah. Uh, because in a lot of Bibles, like in this Bible, you open it up and it says there just before that, the most ancient Greek manuscripts do not include mm-hmm. uh, John chapter 7, verse 53 through uh, John chapter 8, verse 11. Yeah. Now, why would you say that? I mean, what, what's, what's that about? Well, I mean, really, when I grew up, that wasn't in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not the Bible. It's somebody inserting that. Right. But over the years, they began to find some um, ancient manuscripts that did not have mm-hmm. uh, this passage in there, mm-hmm. which be- can become problematic yeah. for a follower of Jesus. Because if you have to throw that out, then do you throw the other things out? Right. And I want, you know, the average reader that picks up God's word and sees that and like, uh, well, can I trust God's mm-hmm, word? Mm-hmm. I want them to understand why they can trust God's word. Good. Okay. So first off, uh, that passage, it is true that a lot of the earliest manuscripts do not have this, uh, this story. The story mm-hmm. is the woman caught in the act of adultery. Okay. And it's a beautiful, brilliant story mm-hmm. that every person must know and study because it speaks so much to us individually Mm -hmm. of the gospel of jesus christ the good news of jesus and so 
Uh, and it is true that what they, most of the professionals, now I'm just reading on hundreds of different um, people who give their life to studying these ancient manuscripts. Mm -hmm. They all pretty much agree that John didn't write this story. Okay. Okay. So they can say that this was not in some of the earliest ones, but to say that it was not in the early manuscripts is not true either. It was found in the book of Luke early on. Mm. And then many of the early writers moved it over to, to the book of John. But what, what are they doing here? And what we find is that it is in a lot of manuscripts. Mm -hmm. What all of these early theologians studying manuscripts and stuff believe and know is that it wasn't originally written by John here. They'd agree with that, but they all agree that it is 100% accurate mm. and that it is a true story mm -hmm. involving Jesus and this woman caught in the act of adultery. Mm -hmm. And so by all the manuscripts and the, the history of these manuscripts, they felt like this deserves and should be in God's word, which I believe it too. Yeah. So how can we be sure of the authenticity of scriptures? If somebody hears that that it might have been here, but it was moved there, and it's not in the original. How how yeah. can we be sure that it's... Well, there's a whole lot of people that have tried to disprove this word over the years. Mm -hmm. And um, most people who have even speak negatively of the words of God and the authenticity of the word of God really don't even know mm -hmm. the history of this book and how this mm -hmm. book came together. Mm -hmm. Because if you throw this book out, you've got to throw every history book yeah. out that's ever been written. Because this has more authenticity mm -hmm. than any of the works of um, Plato mm. and his writings on Socrates is one example that I used this past weekend mm -hmm. because in that history, um, we, we accept it as a true story. We accept it as factual. But the original manuscript, which was done around 4 BC to 3 BC, mm -hmm. um, the other copies to that didn't start showing up to 1,200 years later. Mm. And even today, there's only seven copies in the entire world. But yet we looked at that. Same way with many other ancient manuscripts, probably the most validated one in, um, in history uh, is, is going to be um, the works of um, um, the Odyssey. Okay. Uh, the Odyssey has, of course, it was written about 8 BC. Mm -hmm. It was written into the canon of the, um, of the Greek history early on. Uh, and it has uh, close to a thousand copies today. And it's very authentic. It's very real. We embrace that. But God's word blows it away. It yeah. blows all of them away. The New Testament alone, when you talk about this um, bibliographical test, which is it's a test of authenticity, mm -hmm. which determines when was the original manuscript written, and then when were the copies of these manuscripts mm -hmm. made out, okay? And so... When you go back to, I was talking about Plato and Socrates, there was a 1,200-year gap. When it comes to the story of Jesus Christ, his death, death burial, and resurrection, and his life on earth, mm -hmm. there is only a few years. The, the people, the eyewitness accounts yeah. actually wrote it down, and there was multiple copies being made right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And these copies were consistent. Yeah. And today we have, get this, 5,800-plus copies of the New Testament in Greek alone. Wow. Over 10,000 in Latin and over 9,000 in other ancient languages. And that is just astounding. It is just overwhelming proof of the authenticity of God's word. Mm -hmm. And the consistency with these manuscripts is just 
otherworldly. Yeah. It's just like, in other words, it had to have been God had to be. who put this thing together mm-hmm. because no man can orchestrate it quite this way. Yeah. And so um, if you're going to throw out the Bible, you might as well throw out every throw out single yeah. that's ever been written. Yeah. And that's why you go back to God's word and say that it's, it's solid. Awesome. I'm looking forward to getting, you know, more into this, especially John chapter eight. So we're going to take just a moment right here and let's talk it over. We are back and Pastor Rodney, I just want to take a moment to celebrate you. Me? You. All right. Anybody who knows and has been around for a little bit knows that uh, Jesse Crino, who is our production director has won a couple of Emmys yeah and I stole this from her desk she's on vacation so I took it from her desk to present it to you really because pastor you gave one of the best performances of a fake cough that I have ever (laughs) ever experienced and many of you will agree to this we actually have a video of this of this cough so let's let's check this out real quick See right about here, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, touch his body, heal him so he can preach the word. <laughs> I'm thinking Satan is attacking you. Oh no. <laughs> now your facial expression right there. <laughs> right there uh, best male performance of a fake cough oh uh, i will receive it i'll receive it <laughs> thank you very much for all of the voters all of my fan base out there i appreciate it very much come on i didn't think it was that great but apparently it was it pastor you had the prayer team come up to you <laughs> wanting to pray for you after that cough uh, you know we posted it on social media and one of the comments said wait it was fake. I totally fell for it and thought he weaved it back into the sermon perfectly. <laughs> uh, well, it was planned. It was a planned <laughs> fake. So I apologize for all of those that, um, you know, I confused or messed up a little bit, but I do appreciate the extra prayers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, great job. Oh, thank you. I know for some of us, we didn't realize it was fake until, you know, we saw it on Thursday. We didn't realize until we watched it again at 830 that it was fake. So well, you got a lot of prayers this weekend. So good for that. <laughs> so let's get back into John chapter eight. Um, so one of the questions I want to kind of start this off with was why was the woman being brought to Jesus in the first place for people who aren't familiar with the story? Well, um, there was some men obviously looking for um to get involved with other people's business and uh some way somehow they find out this couple is having um you know um an an affair a, a relationship that should not have been had and then they jumped right in the middle of the act apparently because mm-hmm. she was caught in the very act of uh, adultery and they bring her to jesus and um but they were looking really to at a way to get to jesus mm-hmm. they were looking at a way to bring fault against him mm-hmm. uh, and they were using somebody else else's fault mm-hmm. to get at Jesus 
you know, it is really interesting. They didn't bring the man, yeah, which complicates everything in the story. Why, why didn't they? And if they actually really knew the Old Testament law, they were required to bring the man too. Mm. And because they didn't bring the man, they actually are now standing um, as possible. They could have been judged and they could have been sentenced to stoning because of their the way they brought the charges against this woman. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they were trying to get at Jesus. And, but Jesus is so brilliant. Yeah. He is so amazing. Mm -hmm. He's God. Yeah. I mean, no one else could have done that. Right. Uh, there were so many things that he did in the scripture that it's just like, oh man, that's so God, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which he was God in flesh. Yeah. Now you, you talked, you know, during Sunday sermon or this weekend sermon about a good lesson in judging. So yeah. what, what does John chapter eight teach us as Christians about judging? Well, first off, we got to know our boundaries. Yeah. Um, I think when all of us have a tendency to pass judgment, mm -hmm. I mean, that could be somebody that's in political office. It could be somebody we work alongside. It could be our neighbor. It could mm -hmm. be a family member. And we got to just stop and ask ourselves, do we have a right to pass judgment yeah. on this? It's mm -hmm. good. Um, and that's the first thing. But, and the, but you know what? Sometimes, though, I think we've taken it a little bit further. And some people say, well, you, you have no right to judge me. No, mm -hmm. no, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. The Bible says the righteous shall judge the world. Yeah. And there are places and times for us to be able and should pass judgment. Um, obviously, parents and their children. Right. Uh, sometimes uh, friends, between friends. That that friendship, that accountability is allowed for you to be able to speak judgment into them and say, hey, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm concerned about this area of your life. I'm concerned about what's going on. Same with employees to employer and can be vice versa mm -hmm. um, I, between husband and wife. So judging is not all negative. Right. It's just we got to know our boundaries. Yeah. And where, when and where we should be passing judgment. That's good. And most of the time we are out of bounds. <laughs> and that's the thing. We got to stay in our boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and then we are operating inside what God wants us to operate. Mm -hmm. Good. Now you mentioned that this story represents the essence of the gospel, uh, which means the good news. And so what, what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, this story is a story that is filled with, with God's grace mm -hmm. and God's truth. Yeah. So when these men come to Jesus, um, they throw out Moses and the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, they didn't bring up the Roman law, which they were trying to catch Jesus mm -hmm. in a, a situation where he would possibly support the uh, the law of Moses, mm -hmm. which the law of Moses says that she should be stoned for her actions. Uh, but if he did that, then he would be against the Roman government. Mm -hmm. And so somebody's back there with a tape recorder or their video and something that yeah. they can put on you know, Twitter out there and say, <laughs> look at Jesus and what he did to the Roman government. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Roman government says, no. He can't do that because the Roman law said that only, and they were the ruling parties of that time, mm -hmm. that only those uh, who had made accusation or threats against the temple, mm -hmm. and it was against the, the, the temple of uh, the Judah, uh, Jewish temple, that could be actually executed for capital punishment, mm -hmm. not for caught in the act of adultery. Gotcha. And so this was also an issue of grace and truth. Yeah. Was Jesus going to be full of grace and just let her go mm -hmm. or full of truth and expect her to be stoned? Mm -hmm. But he did both. Right. Because that's who he is. Mm -hmm. Full of grace mm -hmm. and full of truth. John 1, 
And verse 14 says that, Mm -hmm. you know, he came in flesh, made his dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. And Crystal, maybe you're all the time full of both. (laughs) No, we're none of us are, are we? we? No, because there's days that you have more grace Mm -hmm. and there's days you have more truth. Mm -hmm. And you kind of go back and forth a little bit, but you don't hold both of those perfectly well. Right. Because none of us do, but Jesus did. He did, yeah. Jesus did. And at the very end of that story, he so represents grace and truth when he says, neither do I condemn you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the grace. Yeah. Full of grace. And then he says, though, full of truth, go and sin no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't condone mm-hmm. her lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But he didn't condemn her lifestyle. She already stood condemned in her sins. Right. And Jesus was offering her freedom that could only come through him. Mm-hmm. And that day she started following Jesus. It's amazing. Now, we don't know the rest of the story, but I think just it being in there, I think it's just, and really some theologians believe that she probably is the one that gave the rest of the story to people. Mm-hmm. Because in that, when it's just her and him. Yeah. Now the crowd's around, but. It was probably just them two standing mm-hmm. there in the center where he just says, neither do I condemn you. It's awesome. Go and sin no more. Such a good word. Now, the go and sin no more, the command that he gave her, is that truly possible for us to go and sin no more? Well, again, it's the gospel. It's yeah. the good news. The good news is, yes, we understand neither do I condemn you. All mm-hmm. of us grab hold of that. Mm-hmm. They're like, yes, the good news is God doesn't condemn me. Yes. He loves me. Mm -hmm. That is. But the good news is also the second part. Yeah. In fact, if the second part doesn't come with the first part, then really is it completely Mm -hmm. the gospel? Mm -hmm. Because neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. It means that we're not bound by our past. Right. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Mm -hmm. And so therefore that is Good news. Yeah. That is the gospel that he has set me free, mm-hmm. but I don't have to return to my vomit, as Proverbs says about yeah. a dog uh, or the pig going back to its mud. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to go back to our sin. Mm-hmm. We can live in freedom. Now, if Jesus tells us that, he's not going to leave us hopeless and helpless mm-hmm. and without any ability to be able to do that. Right. The problem is sometimes we do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And I use the example of our dogs. Yeah. And I had one dog, Cass, that would always try to go up the stairs. He ended up sliding so many times and hurting himself Mm -hmm. that he kind of gave up on the process. And I see a lot of people that do that. Mm -hmm. They're trying so much in themselves to get freedom, to break old habits, to do these things that they eventually give up. And they kind of even blame God for God's not helping me out. Yeah. And my other dog, Lucy, she never has attempted to climb the stairs mm-hmm. herself, even though actually she could. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't. She just sits right there at the bottom and she waits pr- patiently for my presence. She hears my command. Mm-hmm. I pick her up and then I carry her up the stairs. She enjoys the time of studying up in the back room with me. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time to go back down, she goes back to the stairs and I just carry her back down. Yeah. So she depends on me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just, well, all the time, we got to depend on God. Yeah. And God never wants us in a place where we are, we are 
we do not need his help. Yeah. He always wants us to be reminded that we absolutely need, we need his help. Yeah. And so when it comes to going and sin no more, mm-hmm. it's helpless without him. Yeah. But it is hopeful with him. That's a good word. And so I, I laid it out there in regards to kind of three things. Mm-hmm. One, in his presence. Yeah. We need to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I think worship is so important, like the singing of songs. I know worship is a daily lifestyle, right. but I'm talking about getting together as a f- family of God, the preaching of God's word with the family of God, being in the presence of other people mm-hmm. that worship Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really don't struggle with sin as much when I'm in church worshiping God. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean I have a thought come across, but I, you know, I'm just not making wrong choices. Mm-hmm. There is a big difference when we are in God's presence. That's right. Um, and then I talked about obeying his teaching. Right. You know, that obeying his teaching thing works when I get into God's word, mm-hmm. when I'm giving myself to his word every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just like, well, let me give pastor. I'm like, okay, that right there is my mm-hmm. really saying, I want to become a student of God's word. Right. I want to hear what he has to say to me. Right. And use the example of going to the gym. And I think we do God that way. Sometimes mm-hmm. we go to God and say, God, this is what I want you to do for me. Right. And we want it to be painless. Mm-hmm. We want it to be easy. You don't go to a gym and say to a trainer, hey, I want to be in tip top shape and just be incredible physical specimen. And, but I really don't want to give much time to it. Yeah. I don't want to sweat. Yeah. I don't want to be sore. Right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Right. No, doesn't it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't, does it, Crystal? It does not. It requires dying to ourself mm-hmm. and going to the gym and putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing, though, is we're, we're depending on somebody else also to instruct us, walk us through. And when God says something, we obey it. Mm-hmm. Do what he says. And go and sin no more is a very big, yeah. big command. Yeah. But he does not leave us without mm-hmm. the ability. And, of course, I mentioned you know the teachings of God's word and obeying. But then also, final thing is being filled with his spirit. It's good. But it's in his presence, obeying his teaching, that opens the door f- for being filled with his spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the more I'm in his presence, obeying his word, the more I'm opening this temple to receive more of his spirit. And I made a s- statement, and I had a few people um, comment on this, is that his spirit will take you places that your mind and your body can never take you. Yeah. So it's your mind and body can never. So his spirit will take you places that your mind and your body will never take you. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to Cass mm-hmm. trying in his mind and his body to go mm-hmm. and Lucy just saying, I'm going to depend on his spirit. That's good. Depend on me to carry him out. Yeah. And so that's, that's very important. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, doing, it doesn't mean we just, it magically happens and we don't do anything. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We get in his presence yeah. and we obey his word. Then the spirit of God takes us mm-hmm. where our mind and body cannot take us. That's good. I, I appreciate, you know, what you do on the weekends, but then especially here in the podcast where we're able to dive a little bit deeper into the sermon and the teachings of God's word, because it's alive. I like that we call the, the series Jesus says, yeah, because it's, it's still alive and relevant every day to us. He's still speaking through his word. And so the best way for us to hear him is to get in his word. So, Oh, Jesus says he is still saying today. He is still saying. And this book 
is alive and his Holy Spirit is alive inside of us working. And speaking of powerful words, how about you should get an Emmy <laughs> for up on stage in between the baptisms on the back of the wall were so powerful. So good. And then when you come out of those seeing those baptisms, then you started preaching at us. I was like, okay, I, I might as well just sit down. I, I was ready just to sit down like a hey, crystal no, is sir. preaching today. And then you kind of walked off. I was like, I guess I better go on stage. She's kind of walking off. You brought it. Hey, let us know if you're watching this. I know crystal was preaching, bringing Lord, it. Help us. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to sit down today and have this conversation. Again, thank you all so much for watching. We appreciate it. We never take it for granted that you listen in or that you watch us each and every week. So be sure to mark your calendar, tell a friend, share this with someone, and join us again next week for Up and to the Right. Have a good day.